Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Nathan Peralt. Nate is a professor at Finlandia in the business school. Uh, he's also huge into powerlifting. Uh, we get into both of those worlds and how they tie together. Um, so this was fun. He is a Calumet High School graduate. He graduated a few years after me. Um, so it's cool to see him growing and thriving in that world. He's now a professor. He's on different boards, whatever else it is. And again, chasing the powerlifting side of things as well. So this is a fun one. I enjoyed it. I hope you do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Hey, Nate. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me, Logan. Yeah. Here to talk about weightlifting. Uh, also, you had mentioned it, you could call it power building. Uh, which you're going to have to introduce me to. You're also a professor at Finlandia, business Correct. professor. So I'm excited to get into that. But can you take me back to the early days? How did you get into weightlifting? Let's let's cover that first. Yeah, so weightlifting started back when I was, believe it or not, in sixth grade. So I was right, right around 12 years old. And uh, my uncle introduced me to it. And I went over to his house and he had a weight set sitting there. And he had other various machines that he had from... Um, when it used to be um, a gym that he attended, Superior Bodybuilding, that was up in Calumet on 5th Street. And uh, so I got underneath his bench press and uh, just did the bar. Bar is just 45 pounds. It was pretty young and mm-hmm. fell in love with it. Right. Fell in love with it and uh, it grew on me. Yeah. It grew on me. And so and with naturally with weightlifting and what I like to call it now, what I've learned over the years is power building. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the sports, football, basketball, and track. Um Particularly, you know, I like basketball a lot and I ended up as I got older, track was the one especially and why track I really pertain to the implements shot put and discus was because of weightlifting. Okay. Um, so I, I went out for football and I noticed I was a little bit out of shape mm-hmm. and the way to get back into shape was weightlifting. Right. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely the route with that. I, um, many years many years of um, training with it, you know, so it's right around 12 years old, I started with, started with it, you know, first time pressing. Mm-hmm. And then as the years went on, I formed a group with a group of buddies right, right around, I would say eighth grade. There was two of us, me and Logan. And um, then we ended up, our group got bigger, it turned into six. And then as that turned in, you know, there was more and more people that were up in the gym in Calumet High School. Yeah. And what I like to call it, we had a culture up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even specific guys that um, you graduated with, Logan, you know, because you're only a couple of years older than me. Right. And, you know, that group, your guys' group, I always I'll have to, you know, definitely say I look to your class as leaders. Yeah. A lot of these particular individuals in your class that you graduated with as leaders. And a lot of them guys in that class were strong, mm-hmm. you know, very strong guys, um, very aggressive guys. I learned a lot from them. Yep. Um, and then it's basically, you know, it took me through high school. Um, I took a little time off, you know, just because it just, you need time away from it once in a while, right? Just to heal up and get your joints, you know, feeling better. And I went into college and what was really nice is I attended Finlandia and they had their gym, you know, not their new one currently. Mm -hmm. Um, they had an older one there. Um, I got the workout in there and then they put in, I think it's, it's gotta be half a million. I would say Mm -hmm. it's it's a very expensive gym. Don't quote me on that number, but 
that is on a very immaculate facility up there. Yeah, the new gym. The new gym. Right, yeah. Very nice. And I got ad- even more addicted because when you have nice weights and you have all the nice stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, at the time when we were up in Calgary, we had a lot of the older stuff until they put in the new gym that they mm-hmm. currently have now. Um, I was, I fell in love even more. Right. You know, to have access to all these power racks, to have dumbbells that go up to 125 pounds. Yeah. That start at five pounds. Um, different bars. Um, lap pull down machine, just all different kind of stuff that was just very unique and special to basically being able to grow. Right. Yeah. So early on, you started at a young age. Was it strictly a utility thing as far as getting better at sports, getting in shape, or did you find enjoyment in the act of weightlifting even at a younger age? I fell in love with it in a younger age. Okay. It's almost you know if I you ask people and they you know I've talked to about it, it's like a it's like a stimulus. Yeah. On you. You know what I mean? It's like something that you just, and it's hard for a lot of people because you it's you got to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. But like for me now, I've done it for so long. If I don't do it for such a period of time, I'm like lost without it. Yeah. Right. But I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Not at all. But yeah. definitely. And I, I guess I would lie if I said it wasn't something to maintain in sports too. Yeah. You know, because it does help you. Right. And you know, I all my coaches throughout the years are always like, get in that weight room. Right. Keep it going. You know, you should be up there spending time up there. And that's just something they naturally told me. Mm-hmm. And I look at all my coaches as mentors. Right. Any coach I've ever had, I've take as a mentor, someone I could, you know, definitely take from and definitely coaches. I look as, as leaders, yep. you know, and with leaders, you know, if I'm going to dive into it, each, you know, particular coach has a different leadership style. Right. You know, and I mean, I can get into that a little bit more if, as we go on here. But, you know, different leadership styles and how they pertain, you take different things from them. They, you know, some of them, you know, there's three different styles we know when it comes through businesses. We have, you know, authoritarians, we mm-hmm. have democratic, we have laissez-faire on types of leaders. Right. And, you know, they all have different styles, traits about them. And each coach had a particular style. Right. For sure. And I got used to different ones. Hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, I really appreciate coaches through the years. I've learned a lot of lessons. And like you said, different lessons from each one. Uh, you can pull different things from that, but the same was true for you. Hey, you've, you, you found a lot of uh, appreciation for the coaches that you had. Hey? Oh, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. Um, you know, George Torzik, right on, you know, monumental. I remember football games, just ha- having that speech before the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> the jitters, you walk out of the locker room and you're like, woo. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm supposed to sit down and interview Crows here shortly. Okay. And uh, I want to see what he has to say about a George Torzik speech because you can hardly even describe it. It's So I, I'm excited to see. Uh, it is yeah. definitely, you are privileged if you hear one in your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't recall if I remember a thing he said, but you just remember how unbelievable. You walk out of that room, you're five foot three, 120 pounds ready to take on the world. Oh, know? absolutely. Whatever the story is, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, it's neat. But so you did enjoy the actual act of weightlifting at a young age. What about it? Did you enjoy the challenge? Is it about how you, how it made you feel? What was the, what was it that you enjoyed? Um, you know, it's something that you have to work for. Okay. Which was really something I, I've always strived myself off a of work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I established my work ethic through weightlifting in life. Okay. Um, you know, the bar isn't going to load itself for you. Right. At all. Right, you're not going to get stronger just because you get a little bit older and you get a little more mature. Yeah, right. Um, you might get a little, you know, as you age, you might get a little stronger, but it's going to come to a point where you know what I mean. You'll cap out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of social media influence nowadays. You see a lot of guys that are, you know, doing monumental things. Like you're like, how are they even possibly doing this? And if you look at history, um, from like the 1950s on, 
it's incredible, you know. And even if you look at 1893, the world record raw bench press was 364 pounds. <laughs> and as of today, it sits at 782. Unbelievable. You know, so yeah. you're talking twice that plus some change. Right. And, you know, it's just training techniques and stuff have evolved. But as I see it too, you know, I was just something that I could work towards and I could, you, you would be able to see it. Yeah. Demonstrate it. Right. Absolutely. You know, you were able to demonstrate it. Um, if you put in enough work and grind, you, you it was going to go up. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't go up, you, you got to go back to the drawing board. Right. What did I do wrong? You know, and that's why I always tell people, you have to write down everything you do. Yeah. You know, and you got to, you keep reference for it and you just, you look back and you're like, what mistake did I do wrong? Did I do too much of this? Should I have done more of this? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Right. And sometimes, you know, you test your max, like nowadays, like on my max lifts, I do it twice a year. Right. And twice a year is perfect because I, when I was younger, heck, we always want to see what we can do and we can beat our buddies and everything right. like that. But now it's just like twice a year for me. Yeah. And, um, just the, what I've learned from it and, you know, testing it only twice a year, I have noticed I've gotten a lot stronger. Okay. Whereas before I was trying it all the time right. and you only move up five pounds hmm. and you're, you're kind of discouraged about that because it's five pounds. But if you move up 30 or 40 in six months time, that's, that's huge. That's significant. Yeah. yeah. So you enjoyed it. You enjoyed the challenge. That's neat for sure. But you eventually, I mean, you're to the point now where you're taking it pretty seriously, right? I mean, you do this fairly frequently. You're putting up some crazy weights. You could be modest and maybe say you're not. But I mean, anyways, I see some of these videos you're putting up and you're like, holy crap, Nate, that's that's impressive. Uh, how did you get to that point? Because you for sure are way beyond what you were at in high school, I'd have to assume, from a from an engagement and an intensity standpoint. Yeah, so I'm going to, I'll revisit um, a couple of different mentors that I've had through the years. Um since I've gotten out of high school, um, my uncle Gary, very, okay. very, very important to me, um, has introduced me to a lot of people that are very strong per se in the areas of it. And mm-hmm. what I noticed is I had to surround myself with people that were better. Okay. So I got to a point in high school, you know, that I was, I, you know, I was strong, but you, you, you basically accumulate to who you're around. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a general thing about uh, us as humans. We adapt to what we're around. Right. So you have to change your stimulus. Mm-hmm. around so um going to finlandia i got to actually you know chat with chuck Klingbaum, okay and just be around him and what his philosophy on weightlifting was you know i was stuck on like for example i was stuck on the bench press at 315 for the longest time right could not get past it just i'm, I'm frustrated huh. i'm frustrated i'm angry and i'm like why am i not doing it and you know i talked to chuck about it and different exercises and you know i ended up getting past it you know, and another big individual in my life is Frank, Frank Hawthorne, just from here and locally, um, local guy, um, strong, very strong. He's, you know, he's, uh, 50 and, um, uh, he's taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past summer I trained with him hmm. and just working out with him and he's just showed me a lot. Right. Okay. Um, and these guys have helped to show you just what that next level can be or what did they show you that changed beyond what you knew before it's the mentality it's the mentality a lot of it is the mentality and how hard you train um i think you know looking back at it in high school we train to when we're comfortable yeah um there was times where i'd be done training i'd come home and you know my joints my elbows are so sore yeah you know what i mean it it was something i never or my back or i'm hurting for three four days from it you know i'm sore 
And I'm like, holy crap, like this is, you know, or, and I, you know, you even think of it this way, like you training legs, you're puking. Mm -hmm. You get to the point where you're actually puking. But, and some people might say that's, that's not the way to go about it at all. Right. You know, but this is where I use the term power building, power bodybuilding comes into play, you know. Yeah. And what power lifting is. And power bodybuilding is a transition of bodybuilding, which a lot of people refer to as weightlifting Mm -hmm. and power lifting. Right. It's a combination of the two. Okay. Um, I've all, you know, my age, I've always accumulated to doing the most amount of weight. Right. There will come a point in time in my life where I'll have to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it happens. You just naturally, as you get older, you're going to have to, you know what I mean? It, your body slows down. Right. But right now I'm going to hopefully push it till I'm 35, 40. Yeah. And then you get to about that age and you're going to have to slim down. Yeah. You know, and go to look good versus put press heavy. For sure. Right. Yeah. I guess I want to get into where, what, some of the actual specifics of what you're doing today. Um, I guess let's dive into that. What are you doing on a, on a regular basis? What are your goals and what are you shooting for? Um, do you mind getting into some of that? No, absolutely not. So what are so what am I doing on a daily basis? Um, you know, I train anywhere from probably two to three hours a day. Okay. Um, when I put, when you put all my time and effort into it and, right. um, yeah, so you know, I spend quite a lot of time. Um, I was at Finlandia for a long time, training and using their facility. Um, I've now transitioned over to Snap Fitness in Houghton. Okay. Um, why? Because it's twenty four hours. Right. And with my job, it can be a little bit of an issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, just meetings and stuff like that. So over at Snap there in Houghton, I go over there and we got a good little crew that we established there, and uh, it's going good there. You mm-hmm. know, I'm making some big successes there. Um, what's my goals? You know, for this. Um, you know, a, a lifetime goal is I want, you know, I, I, you know, I want to compete eventually. Okay. I would love to compete because competition, as they say, is always, you know, gym numbers and stuff like that. Um, I haven't basically put a number on co- competition, what I want to get. Okay. Um, I would like to get that 500 number on the bench press in a uh, lifetime. That's insane. I would love to get it. Yeah. Um, I tell people it all the time, but I, that's my end number. Right. Once I get it, it's over. Yeah. Because I know naturally that's as far as it can go. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask where you're at right now? Right now, it's it's sitting between probably 380 and 410, somewhere okay. in there. 410. It depends on the day. Right. Um, I'm right around that. You know, I've peaked. I peaked a couple of years ago. I hit 405. Okay. Which was very nice. It was a nice peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sitting in a range, what I would like to say, if I, you know, on any given day, I was probably sitting between 330 and 360 then. Okay. You know, it's just, it, it's in one days when you come in the gym and you have a day. Right. Like I like to call it. It's just like a day where it's just feeling, everything is feeling good and it's flying. Right. And you ask a lot of people that lift weights, you have them days, you have them bad days. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, you have bad days and you have good days, you have days that you're just average. So that's why I say I'm on, on an average day. That's probably where I am right okay. now. You know what I mean? If I have a good day, I don't. I don't know where the numbers could go. Sure. You know, but it, once again, it all reflects upon who's around me though too. Okay. Um, I got to be trusting my spotters, which mm-hmm. is another huge thing. Um, when I was weightlifting, um, super heavy a couple summers ago, I had, my workout partner was extremely um, dedicated with me. Mm-hmm. I trusted him with anything. Right. If something goes wrong, you know, if, if, because in all actuality, it can kill you. Right. If it slips out of your hands. It can, it can destroy you. You know what I mean? Right. Anything can happen. You know what yeah. I mean? You could tear a peck. 
you could uh, tear triceps, anything like that. Yep. It can happen. Um, if you know, you're referring to lower body, I mean, there's all sorts of things. There's hernias, there's miscellaneous stuff that can happen. And so you got to really trust who you're around. Right. You know, so it, it goes beyond that. Um, it's been tough a little bit lately because, you know, I have multiple different training partners mm-hmm. that I've been training with, but that that's good though too. Sure. It creates variety. Right. Which is very important. Yeah. So <clears throat> again, early on you enjoyed it. it. It helped you feel better. You, you perform better in sports. You enjoy the actual challenge of it. How did it transition to this where you are going to another level? Because what you're doing, you would say to, to most people's standards is a little bit extreme. I mean, it's to even talk of, of bench presses in those ranges is crazy. Um, how did it transition to that point where you're saying, this is something I really enjoy. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to push really, really hard. How did that transition happen? <laughs> I, I used to, so believe it or not, I, I've always been curious about looking at my screen time on my phone. Okay. You know, what I, what am I doing a lot? Yeah. I took to YouTube a lot. Okay. I believe it or not, I don't use a lot of social media. Yeah. I'm not a big social media guy. Um, I went and started looking at YouTube videos on uh, specific weightlifters and I started seeing these numbers and I started doing a lot of history on it. Mm-hmm. And so I asked myself, I'm like, you know, what, what's to say I can't. Mm-hmm. There's so many times, so many times in life when people say, you can't do it. Right. It's not possible. And to me, I, I, I want to say that's different. I can do it. Sure. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? It might, I might not happen today, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get it eventually. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I'm going to have to work through it, you know? And this is another sport that, you know, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, you know, I say it's a sport definitely, but it's not cheap because, you know, working out all the time, you're hungry all the time. Sure. You know, that's another thing. I'm hungry. You know what I mean? I'm eating anywhere between, you know, a couple thousand more calories than I'm supposed to on a daily basis. You know, and I'm always munching. Right. I love, you know, I love little snacks. Yeah. You know, um, more caffeine a little bit like that. It takes you to a little different thing. And there's no real reward. Mm-hmm. Then that's another thing. What people will say, you're kind of crazy for doing it because there's no reward. Right. Um, But... It's just to say that you've done it. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's why I always tell them, especially the kids that I train with, you know, even if it's their first time getting 135 simplest plates on a bench press, I said, video it. Right. Because that's the start. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the start. And you can never take that away. No one can ever take that away from you. Right. At all. You know, you have, and we, we talk about this at school all the time. You know, you have a picture, you have a video of it, you know, no one can ever take it away. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. No, it's neat. Uh, <clears throat> again, I still put you in almost a different category. Like I could watch those same videos. I like to challenge myself in other areas of life. Um, I do work out. I try to stay in shape, whatever else, but I could see those videos and think that's cool. That'll never be me. But somehow there's something in you that says, that's cool. Let me reach that too. Uh, something about it. Was it, maybe it was cause you were already that engaged in weightlifting as it is. Um, cause there's a part of me that says things like on a, I, I enjoy going hiking. Like I look at somebody hiking a, a Pacific crest trail from Mexico to, Cal- uh, to Oregon and I'm like, or to California. Mexico to Canada. And I'm like, I would do that tomorrow if I could do that. So maybe it's just what you're into. I'm not sure. Uh, but for sure, there's a different element that you've got to say to just push that hard. It's just cool. It's neat to see. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's evolving. You know what I mean? It's definitely evolving my trait with that. Um, you know, pushing and pushing, you know, I, I had to do a lot more learning, you mm-hmm. know, cause I have had injuries from it. Okay. You know, I have had some injuries from it. You know, there's you get pec strains, you get you know aches and pains, little bumps and bruises that just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you take risks. 
when you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's risk associated with it all. Right. Um, most people just go for it just to feel good. And, you know, it, it, it gets what, you know, they, they feel good. It's just something, it's a stress reliever. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily go to it to be, I mean, it is a stress reliever, but it's, it's gotta be more. Sure. Like if I'm not working up that sweat, if I'm not pushing the limits, I don't feel like I'm really accomplishing something. You know, I guess a famous quote, or it's not necessarily a quote, but you know, I was big into watching Eric Spoto for a lot of years, uh, world record raw bench presser in the United States. And he's currently, I think maybe fourth or fifth now in the hmm. world. Um, you know, he's always was talking about going in the gym and doing something better than you did last time. Yeah. And that's, me 100%. Okay. I don't care if it's a set, rep, exercise, anything, just something better. Yeah. Than what I came in last time. Right. Eventually, I want to get into some, again, some more of the technical side of things, even on again what you're doing. But you said before we hopped on, weightlifting and power building helped you or help or worked in the transition into you becoming a professor. How, how did that play out? Um, so the transition, I noticed that like weightlifting. And, or I should say power billing created this um, confidence booster for me. Okay. Um, you know, being a professor, you know, you have to be very confident. I like to say, and you sure. have to be very knowledgeable, you know, cause kids are going to test what you have, mm -hmm. your knowledge particularly. Right. You know, they're going to question it and that's absolutely the right. You know, mm -hmm. um, they're going to question you. So you have to know the ins and outs of everything. Um, also working out, I wanted to pass on knowledge when I was weightlifting, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Cause if I could do something that other kids weren't able to do, I'll, I'm more than willing to help anybody right. that asks for my help. Yeah. You know, um, the only thing I ask for is, you know, if we're, if this is something serious that you stick with it. Right. You know, I just don't, cause I, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time. Mm -hmm. So I ask that you stick with it. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to share my knowledge with it. Right. So I looked at weightlifting and I looked at school as the same thing. Okay. Um, work ethic, trying to get something. And I used like numbers and degrees the same kind of way. Huh. I wanted to have more degrees. Right. Um, I have three. Okay. Huh. I, I have three different separate ones. What are they? Can you go to? Yeah. So I have a, a medical billing and coding specialist. Okay. I have a healthcare management and then I have an MBA. Okay. Um, which are the three that I've gotten over the time. Right. Um, you know, currently I'm thinking about a DBA, which is a doctorate in business mm -hmm. administration, you know, and, or I'm looking at different schooling and transitions for that. You know, it's just everything in life has happened. So I'm trying to set up my next pace for that, you know, sure. yeah. but I, it just, it's just very much the same. It's the same thing. I've always wanted to do a little bit more, you know, and passing on knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And we should establish, you started, you were, I mean, a young professor. What age did you start? I started adjuncting. So it would be an adjunct professor at 24. Um, I started um, full-time at the university at 25. Okay. Yeah, it's just cool because I, I graduated from high school 2012. You were younger than me. And all of a sudden I see you going through the ranks and all of a sudden you're a professor and whatever else. It's like, yeah, just neat to see. And I wanted to have you on to chat about some of that. And then obviously, again, the the, the sweet numbers that you're doing with in the, in the weightlifting world. Um, so you became a professor. You said that the weightlifting helped you, gave you confidence to get to that point. You think that made a big difference? Yeah, absolutely. The confidence, um, the confidence to go up there and just say, this is something I can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially being so young. It, it, it's the same thing of, you know, the guys that are older than you in the gym, you know, you don't think you can ever get to their numbers. Mm -hmm. And what, what ends up happening? You Sometimes you're way more younger than them and you surpass them. Right. So I wanted to be that. I like to say like many statistics uh, professors would say an outlier right i wanted to be an outlier something that's a little bit different mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? There's this number that's out there, but do you know? Do we really count it? Is it something that should have should have happened, or is it something that's uncommon? Yeah, I want it to be something uncommon, something mm-hmm. a little bit different. Right. Yeah. So you've really got to drive. Have you had that Absolutely. all your life? And where does that come from? Is that a genetic thing, or or what did that? Where did that come from? Um, I have to say it definitely comes from mom and dad. Okay. You know, um, my mother is very influential in my life. Yeah. She pushes me to be my best every single day. My dad as well. Yeah. Um, hard worker. Right. Worked for everything he's ever had. Yeah. You know, and it definitely stems from him too. Mm-hmm. But it was always, Nate, you can do a little bit more. Right. Why can't you? And it's not not necessarily with the weightlifting, but just in school. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can do a little bit more. You're, you're gonna, you know, and another thing was you can go to school. Right. You know what I mean? And one of the old sayings that we talked about in high school, you don't have to, you get to. Right. We heard that how many different times and I still live by that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, and I, I take that <laughs> into the gym. I don't have to lift this weight, but I can lift it. Right. So why not? Right. <laughs> yeah. Think about Mr. Lund, football coach. What do we do on Labor Day? We labor. <laughs> you go, you go to practice on Labor Day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's funny. <clears throat> okay. So, it did come from your parents also just giving you, they gave you some inspiration as well through their actions, but also just talking to you saying, Hey, you can always do a little bit more that helped push you also. Hey, Yeah, absolutely. Um, parents were very, you know, um, big pushers and mentors through the years. Coaches are always a big aspect of it. Um, you know, especially I think now that, you know, you talked about, you know, I'm taking it to another level. Mm -hmm. There's been like, you know, um, a coach that just came up here locally, uh, Blaze Winters. Okay. Um, he was up here this for this past football season um, up, up at Finlandia. And I got to, you know, meet him and talk with him. And he was huge. You know, hmm. I, I, you know, I met him just for, you know, maybe we've chatted five, six different times. And another guy that I, you know, just to sit down and chat, mm-hmm. you take so much. Right. You learn so much. And that's one thing about me. I'm never too... I never have enough big enough ego to not learn. Right. No matter the person. Yeah. And I don't care what they're doing. Yeah. They can be the lowest person on the totem pole. Right. They might know something I don't know, so I should be listening. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. What was that transition into becoming a professor like? Was that pretty neat? Was it scary? Um, you know, not too much, not too scary. Um, I love college. I love education. Mm-hmm. I um I love taking tests. I love the college atmosphere. I love the flexibility with it all. Um, it allows you to do different things on a daily basis, um, teach different classes, right? Um, it, around multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you're constantly gaining knowledge, which is awesome. You're constantly, and you're, you're learning from people. Right. Um, up here in the Upper Peninsula, I think we're very, you know, isolated. Yeah. To a certain extent. A lot of people go on trips to just to get away and stuff like that. Well, it's kind of cool. I have all the students come to me. Mm-hmm. They're from different areas. Right. They see and, you know, I, I sometimes I tell them, I'm not, you're not, you're not just learning from me. You're, I'm learning from you too. Yeah. You know, you're helping me understand different things that are going on as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm definitely taking from them as well too. Yeah. So I, I do want to dive into the, uh, again, more of the professor side of things. But I'm thinking about, again, back to part of what I'm looking for with this whole idea, this whole podcast is I, when I get into something, I really get into it. I really enjoy it. I, I really appreciate a guy like you is that's the same way and maybe to another level even of, of what makes you have that drive, what makes you have that push. Um, a part of me wonders if I'm, I'm relating it to this, uh, 
I've heard it said that people will live up to the reputation that you give them. Whatever the rep- reputation you give them, that's what they will be. So if you tell someone that they're no good, they're going to be no good. When I was younger, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever even reminded my dad that he that this happened, but me and my sister were stacking firewood. My dad was with his friend Mark, and, and Mark made a comment like, boy, Jenna and Logan are sure hard workers. And my dad said, yeah, they sure are. And I was 11 years old or whatever, and I was like, apparently I'm a hard worker. You know, I'm, I better stick up to that. And I felt like ever since then, I've in my head, whether or not I actually worked hard in my head, I was working hard and pushing hard because apparently I'm a hard worker. Did you have anything like that? That was, yeah, absolutely. Um, as you know, like I like to say, as you know, the degrees and, you know, the transition, uh, you know, of becoming a professor, once that type, you know, ask anybody that knows me, you know, I don't flash that I'm a professor, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't throw it in. You know what I mean? I'm not somebody that sits there and, you know, I'm a professor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I just don't do that, you know. Um, but I stick by it. Like, it's a, it's a big respect thing. It's an honor thing. I'm, mm-hmm. I, and I like to say, like, I, I always say I'm blessed to have it. Right. I'm very blessed to, to be in the position that I am. Even, like, with the weightlifting and stuff, you know, I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would kill to be doing what I'm doing. Right. They would be. They would love it, you know, and it's... it's I'm just very blessed, but yeah, there was people in, in my life that said, you know, you're going to do something good right? or you're going to do something great yeah. or you're going to, you're, you're just going to, there's something going to happen. And I think, I think back to it a lot. It was my dad. Yeah. My, you know what I mean? Even from a young boy's age. Right. You know, I met, he just, and it wasn't just a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. It was constant. Right. And he wouldn't just do it just because, you know, we'd be out randomly. He's like, my son's going to do something great. Yeah. And I'd be sitting there and, you know, we don't think about this kind of stuff. No. You know what I mean? And whatever. But he just, he kept on reminding me. Yeah. You know, and he expected um, the best out of me. Right. You know, and my mom did too. Yeah. They expected the absolute best out of me. Right. And I can appreciate that. So you, uh, do you agree with that sentiment? I mean, if your parents were, uh, you know, Nate's no good. He's never going anywhere. You you probably would have been no good and you never would have went anywhere, eh? Parents play a big toll in life. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They play a huge role in life. Right. They're very, they're very unique. You know, family is very important. Right. I'm, I'm a big family person. Yeah. But I think the same is true with coaches or teachers or anybody. Again, I, I still think back to, yeah, you just live up to the reputation that you're given. And, and I think that that at a young age, so you as a professor or as a coach or anything, that can be so powerful is lean in on the positive and give kids and give people a, a positive reputation to them internally and they'll manifest that. that absolutely. Life. We always talk about this in class. Absolutely. We always say, you know, give somebody a compliment. Yeah. Even if, you know, it could just be a complete stranger doing something. A compliment goes a long way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, us as humans, we always focus on the negative. Sure. Yeah. It's easier to focus on the negative. Right. I don't know why it is. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I don't know why we focus on the negative on a lot of things. Yeah. Or how somebody could be doing something a little bit better. Right. You know, just be appreciative for what they're doing uh-huh. or how sure. they're doing it for sure. <clears throat> so diving back into the professor side of things, you said it wasn't a big deal. wasn't scary. Was it rewarding? Was it neat to get in front of these kids and teach them? Yeah. So very neat. Like I so very unique. So you come in front of all these kids and um, all different personalities and they're all different levels. So there's a huge gap between people that are freshmen and seniors. There's just there's a there's a gap, mm-hmm. um, and they grow, and you get to watch that su- success mm-hmm. and what their plans are. Right. 
and it, it's unique because everyone has something different that they want to do. And when you get graduation day comes and you see them walk across, you know, even though you've had them for a couple of years, you know, at that point in time's over, you know, you, maybe you'll see them down the road in five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe you might not ever see them again, but at least you can say you made an impact in their life for sure. And yeah. you've done something for them. Right. And you know, not a lot of people get to say that mm-hmm. and you don't get to just do it for one. You get to do it for many. Right. You know, and the, the reward aspect of a professor, teacher, whatever, I don't, I, it can even go down to a, a parapro mm-hmm. or somebody working in the lunchroom is so rewarding. Right. It is just absolutely rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I've always been, a, I feel like I've always had a natural interest in, in like teaching and working with people and whatever else. So it's just, I can see being in your shoes, how that would be rewarding. You form relationships, you help them, you work, help them through struggles. Um, it's just a neat, yeah, it's a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what classes are you teaching? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah, yeah. So um, right now, currently, I teach uh, principles of management. Um, okay. That's a 200 level, sophomore level. Yeah. Um, leadership and team skills, which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, we do a lot. Of, we interact with the community on that. Okay. We actually interact with community leaders. I let hmm. the students go into the community and pick a leader that they think someone that's impacting the community. Mm-hmm. Um, business finance. Um, which is very unique. Um, you know, it's a lot of time value of money in there, um, stocks, bonds, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into business research, which is on the quantitative and qualitative side of research. Okay. Um, then we go into spring semester business communication. Um, one of my favorites, it's a freshman level class. Okay. Um, look at the different ways of communication, you know, nonverbal, verbal, um, positive messages, negative messages, um, how basically how to write up certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, then leadership again in the spring, we, we teach that twice a year and then entrepreneurship currently I'm teaching that. Um, that class is w- definitely one of my favorites as well too. Um, because I allow the kids to create an idea, mm-hmm. product or service. Um, it can be domestic or it can be foreign. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, I, we go through a business plan. We talk about financials, um, and basically, we do like a Shark Tank event, mm-hmm. which is very cool. A lot of people, uh, I know the you know show Shark Tank, right. and um, this year I'm pulling in all the professors, and we're gonna have a little fun with it, right? right? Um, yeah. So I got you know different ideas from apps to uh, believe it or not, a sauna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone is gonna have one that travels. Like right. basically, you can rent it out. Huh. And I said, well, okay. I said, you know, hopefully you have all the insurance and everything all situated, but they're going with it, you know. Um, right. So we're going to bring them all in and then we're going to, all the professors are going to vote on that. Okay. And uh, see what, you know, which one's the best. So we have a little fun with that class. And then we bring in guest speakers, um, which is big in the community. I like to bring in entrepreneurs from the yeah. community. I just had John from Snap Fitness okay. um, yeah. come in. And, you know, he's a local entrepreneur, you know, in the franchise industry. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about, you know, gave the kids some excellent insight. And I think that's where we learn the best. We learn from people that are currently doing it right. in business and being successful. For sure. And John was one of them guys that absolutely, you know. And the first, you know, we see in textbook research, the first year to five years is the hardest for a business. Yeah. Because they're trying to get established. And, you know, he's beyond that point now. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's in year six or seven. Okay. And, you know, they're still there. So they're doing something absolutely right. Right. Because generally by the time year five comes around, if you're not seeing a profit or if you're not doing something correctly, you wouldn't be in business much anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So. For sure. You, I want to dive into the uh, 
communication class. You said you do, what's that about? Uh, you're yeah. talking strictly business communication or life communication or what do you guys dive into? So it's a little bit of you know it's labeled as business communication, but it it, it talks about verbal communication very particularly we look at expressions, tone, um we talk about voice a lot. Okay. Passive and aggressive voice, you know, um tone and basically getting your point across to certain things. Um nonverbal communication. We talk about um, what we'd like to say, um, eye contact, body language, mm-hmm. um, little keys that you should pick up on, right? specifically in business. Um, we talk about cultures, okay, um, low context and high context cultures, um, which, you know, basically um, establish, you know, ones that are more based on communication, like basically, for example, like looking people in the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, or um, talking out of tone. Like, or I mean, not a tone, like meaning interruption. Okay. Um, so little things you should pick up on and why this stuff is so important is because when, you know, you travel out of the area and stuff like that, especially here locally, you know what I mean? You go to different countries, you go around the world in different areas, things are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely something we should know and kids should pick up on, you know? So we just, it's a very intro level class, but it's very important that they gain a lot from it. Yeah. Um, specifically with the cultures, you know, we dive into low and high context cultures and they like that kind of stuff for sure. They, they pick up on it and they do a little analysis of it. Right. Now, the reason I ask, I've been in sales for seven years. So communication, body language, it's everything. So that's why I asked. I was curious about that and something I'm engaged in on a daily basis for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the entrepreneurship side, you said you've had a lot of fun with that class, eh? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. And you know, this is my third year teaching it because I started off as an adjunct. I was teaching it. Okay. And then last year and then this year. And then, um, it's just crazy and it's growing. The class is growing. Um, entrepreneurship is alive and a well here in this area. Yeah. Um, it is, you know, people want it. Mm -hmm. Um, people, you know, small businesses are growing in this area, right? There's more and more of them popping up and it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. And I'm a big, I big believer in that. Um, there's lots of grant money out there mm-hmm. for people, um, and we're gonna start seeing it. This yeah. area has a lot to offer, for I, sure. And I think it's gonna grow and grow. And I'm hopefully some of these ideas, you know, as far as I'm part of um, MTech Smart Zone. Okay. And you know, you know, if I see a idea that's at the point of where it should be, you know what I mean, I kind of refer them over there right. because that takes them to people that are even more and more in touch with, you know laws, regulations, you know, have that have even been more successful in that type of area. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is uh, network building, right? You know, and learning different contacts. Um, cause a simple idea, I mean, you just take it through the stages Yeah, and you know, and, but the, a lot of kids, they run into what's the hardest thing and b- the biggest thing in business money, right? Young people, they don't have the uh, amount of cash flow yeah. to be able to support their idea. Mm-hmm. So how often in the entrepreneur? entrepreneurship class do you go over the the act of actually doing the the business you know i mean there's a lot of people with a lot of great ideas but a lot of them that don't follow through with that do you go through do you go through that a lot so don't follow through with the ideas so basically they get scared we like to i like to do what i can we conduct a feasibility analysis okay on any kind of idea um so we do this analysis before they actually jump into it okay um we're looking at competitors we're looking at pricing. We're looking at it. I like to say the main area is the market. Mm-hmm. Um, the market's very huge. Is there a gap in the market that is currently present? Right. And are you able to soundly sell that off to investors? Yeah. Because I always tell guys and I tell the students, you're going to have to sell this in front of people. Mm-hmm. 
that there's a need for this. Right. If there, if there's not a need, then it's not gonna. You know, and we have to in entrepreneurship establish is it you know is it a need? Is it just something you're very passionate about? Is it you know is there a demand for it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's a lot of companies. The most successful ones are you know. I like to say, and I hate to say it, monopolies. Mm-hmm. They create monopolies. They're the most profitable. Right. You know, no one else can do it better than them. Or they're still surviving in an area that, you know, other companies have are gone. Mm-hmm. They make the most amount of money. Right. Um, you know, I look at success in business is, are you, you know, are you serving your mission? That's number one. Are you mm-hmm. serving your mission for what you believe in? And are you creating a profit? Right. You know, those are the two big things. I look at it particularly. Sure. You know, specifically if you have an idea. Yeah. No, I I just, I think that answers the question, but I'm just curious again, do you know what I'm saying though? There's a lot of people with a lot of great ideas, but they just don't necessarily act on it. So it's, could be something you could learn of just try to remove the fear and jump into it. The fear, the fear is, um, the risk, right? The risk. And, um, we look at generations of people and, um, you can, you know, we look at traditionalists, we look at baby boomers. We look at millennials. Mm -hmm. Just look at them three generations. And they all have different characteristics. Traditionalists, I tell the students, like grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. Baby boomers, mom and dad. You know, millennials, let's just look at you guys. Right. Um, And what's different aspects have come, you know. Um, And what why certain businesses are successful. And, you know, I look a lot around in this area. And I see the businesses that are still um, afloat. Or being successful is their salary substitute um, firms. Sure. Yep. They substitute what they make at another job for it. Right. Yeah. Um, they're not s- basically serving a lifestyle. Right. So there's a big difference there. You know, are you compromising a salary, or are you trying to fit your your um, basically your business to suit a lifestyle you want to live? Mm-hmm. That's another thing too. Right. That's why a lot of people go into business for themselves because they have a certain lifestyle they want to live. Mm-hmm. And. That's fine. You know what I mean? Whether it be flexible hours, you know, you don't got to be there all the time. That's the common belief with a lot of students and why they go into entrepreneurship. I don't mm. got to be there at all. Right. Well, that's not necessarily the case at all. No. Right. Long term, maybe. Sure. But in the first five, six years, you're going to be there 80 hours a week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> versus 40. Right. You know, yeah. so it's going to be a lot more. But the risk uh, generations, you know, they generally say people that are younger are a little bit more risky. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the more risk you don't want to take. Right. For sure. And that's just a common thing. Yeah. But we do see older entrepreneurs too, though. Okay. Um, people that have uh, excess amounts of cash that um, maybe you want to leave something mm-hmm. in a name or just establish something for maybe um, kids. Right. Um, and they just want to spend up their money on something like that, you know? So there is definitely uh, just, you're never too old. Right. That's another thing. You're never too old. Yeah. To start sure. something up. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah no that's that's good stuff the progress the uh the progression of the professor side of things you you said you're debating going for another level get your doctorate in that world as well yeah okay. I, it's, i've been even the day before i came here i was looking at it online to be honest with you i'm just i'm looking at different different programs and you know is it you know the big thing is the cost ratio or the, or i i should i shouldn't say that i should say the return on investment mm-hmm Proper word in finance, the return on the investment. Right. Is there not a huge return on investment for getting a doctorate in a oh, business oh, world? Oh, no. There's there's absolutely benefit for it. Okay. You know, there's a huge benefit for it. Um, you know, 
the big common thing in business is do people value experience or they value education? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will say an MBA is enough. Right. You know, now I'll get your experience. Be practical experience. What yeah. and or practical, I, I should say, professional. Sure. Get your professional experience because there's a big difference in two types of experience. Right. There's professional experience and then there's just experience. And, I, you know, that's a big thing in resume writing that we talk about all the time. I, as students, I said, you know, just because you worked at this particular job doesn't mean that's professional experience mm-hmm. or the p- experience they're looking for. Right. So that's another thing. You know, what I, I you know, I don't want to, I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely, I would say, you know, if I'm going to go, I'd probably be like a part-timer for um, online education for a DBA. Okay. I'd probably do it online and um, be part-time on it. Maybe take a class here and there and just w- long-term goal. Right. A long-term goal because I love my job and I would never give it up for anything. Right, right. No, but it fits the theme of just going for that next level. I mean, I guess supposedly, I mean, you know, I suppose there's eventually not another level on the school side or maybe not, but if you enjoy the teaching side, why not lean in on that if that's where you thrive and you enjoy that? Absolutely. Um, I don't think I'll ever leave the educational sector. Yeah. Ever. Um, I'll always stay in it. I love it that much. Yeah. I love Finlandia. I, I'm telling you, there was something about it when I went there. Mm-hmm. I love it there. Um, it's, it's a place. It's definitely a place to work. I love the culture. Um, I love my colleagues. I, they're, they're great people to work with. Right. Um, and that's a huge thing. And I can honestly say I don't go to work. I, I, I My job is fun. I yeah. enjoy what I do. Yeah. And not a lot of people can say that. Right. right. You know, some people are, a lot of people are miserable about what they do. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be tough, tough spot to be in. Same thing. I really enjoy where I'm at. You don't ever find yourself looking at a clock, uh, other than to meet an appointment or something like that. But yeah, right. I mean, it's yeah. Um, but the teaching side again, you really enjoy that. You don't see that changing at Never. any time, anytime soon. Hey? No, um, believe it or not, the only other thing I want to accomplish in my life is a gym. Okay, I want to put. I want to open a one up. Yeah. Um, I c- try to collect little pieces of equipment. On the side, I, I, I'm big into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to open one up. Hmm. I'm not gonna. I I have no intent of making it um, basically for financial support, like a salary substitute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just gonna be something that's open. Right. And do I just open it up to people I know? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just think there's a need for it here. That we have ones with the colleges and everything, but I would just like to have another one down yeah. the road. When that might be twenty years, yeah. Sure. But just something I'd like to do in my life. Yeah. And I think it would be something I want to leave. Yeah. And that's where it's coming to that side of entrepreneurship again. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so you enjoy the teaching side. Uh, that's something you really got into. Do you think you would ever get to the point uh, where you could do it on the side or something like that is starting a business of your of your own? Of course, the gym could fit that bill. But would you would you be excited to dive into that as well? Of course, it's a lot on the plate of a of a professor to do another business as well. But. Um, you know, honestly, I love the academic side so much. I don't think I could transition out of it. Okay, I, I love it so much. Um, the interaction with the students is priceless. It's it's just like it's it's just great. Right. Um, the co- learning, the continuous learning, the knowledge you gain. You're never not learning something. Mm-hmm. It's always there's a new way of doing something, and if you're constantly engaged in it, you're gonna learn it before somebody else does. Right. You know what I mean. So you're that much more ahead. Yeah. You're a little bit more ahead, right? You know, um, is there a new way how to do financials? You know, is there is there a new system? Is there a new process coming out? Mm-hmm. You're a little bit ahead. You, you hear about it, you know. And another thing is you're interacting with these type of people, you know, that have ideas and um, 
you're meeting new people and you're creating a bigger network. I think the network is huge. Sure. That you create with colleagues. Yeah. You know, because that's huge in business. You know, sometimes I'm out in public and I'm like, you know, so someone says, you know, hi to you. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm sorry I forgot your name. You know, it's not an insult, but it's just like, you know, you meet a lot of people. Right. And the day just keeps going on. But I definitely like that, you know. Yeah. And having a conversation. And like I said, I'm never too opted. I try to learn from everybody. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, it's cool to see. Again, it's cool to see that growing up, again, I would have looked at you as, hey, younger Nate, you're a few years below me. To even think... yeah, just the seeing you go to the point of becoming a professor and really just reaching out and achieving those goals is is cool to see. So good work. Uh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that, Logan, so much. I appreciate yeah. it. It's definitely something that's been, in a, you know, 26 years old right now. It's been a process. Yeah. You know, um, am I done? No, I'm not done at all. Yeah. And I, I'll say this right now. I'm just getting started. Right. There's I, I'm going to there's going to be big things coming. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, definitely liven things up a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's dive back into the weightlifting side of things. So you said you're uh, twice a year, you go for your max on, on bench. What other items? Um, so I, I deadlift, um, squats are huge too and a staple. Um, you know, generally you, I like to focus on one particular area at a time. Um, you know, I've had niches back where it's like you know i ca- all i care about is deadlifting mm-hmm. you know what i mean i, I just want to get this certain number and then i get the certain number and i stop on it a little bit but i still maintain it mm-hmm. you know i still work it but i'm not striving for a huge number in it right still yeah. keeping in shape muscles and then i transition to maybe a squat or a bench press or whatever this case may be yeah um so yeah about two times a year and i learned that probably three years ago okay um it's just not it wasn't feasible you know to keep going more and more each year. Right. Um, so some of this is probably stuff that you learned. You, you mentioned some of these mentors later on in life that rewired what you thought about weightlifting. But what do you do between those six months? Are you doing the same moves, but just at a lesser weight, more reps? Or are you doing other moves that are outside of that? Or what? I, so I use um, conjugate system. Okay. What is Conjugate that? style and methods. Um, so conjugates incorporating a, lot, a variety of movements on a continuous basis. So um, Westside Barbell really established this. Um, it's a good gym out of Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Um, they've been known for some of the, in the 90s, um, in the early 2000s, of having some of the strongest lifters in, in equipped and in raw lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is when what would be called the WPO was huge. Um, there actually was competitions for this and money being made. You know, you're the strongest guy. You come there, you squat the most, you're walking home with a couple grand. Yeah. And, you know, these guys were trying. There's money up for grabs, so you're going to have the best of the best come in these competitions. Sure. Um, So what ends up happening is in this conjugate system is you're doing a variety of different exercises. Um, So what I like to say is you have to change continuously. A lot Mm -hmm. of people, like, for example, you look at programs, they do three sets of 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, That's not so much the case. You know, you can do three sets of 12 and you're going to, you're, but you're going to get to a point, you know, or three sets of eight or three sets of 10, you know, um, th- there's phases. Um, so I do a lot of reading okay, on this kind of stuff and I do a lot of videos. Right. Um, and that's where I'm saying I'm constantly picking from different people, different exercises that they're doing. Okay. Um, so I learned about the hypertrophy phases, the strength phases and the power phases, mm-hmm. um, of different reps and sets. And then really looking at back in history, different exercises that um, influential people and strong individuals did. Right. Um, and 
for a simple example, um, tie, you know, they make a bar now that's an earthquake bar. All right. It's five pounds hmm. and it's, um, it's goal is you attach bands with kettlebells on the side and you press with it or you squat with it or you do overhead press with it and it, it creates, unsta- it's unstable. Right. It shakes. Yeah. So that's why it's called the earthquake bar and, um, it builds your stabilizers, hmm. you know, and whoever thought stabilizers would be such a thing, but it's huge, you right. know, and these different movements I've picked up on and I train them a little bit differently. Yeah. So, you know, and I, you know, so you want to do two, three times a week, a particular exercise, whatever you're focusing on. But like I might have a power day, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a big, huge like PR in the power sector. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have what's called a speed day, where I'm just worried about speed, okay. explosive power. Right. You know how fast can I get from a certain point, or how fast can I move that weight? Yeah. Like, and maybe that's just 135 pounds. Right. So my what I like to say my general uh, my general fitness never goes sure below a certain thing. Right. Right. Because generally, as we say, as the weight gets heavier, the reps go down. Right. But so what happens if we're doing less reps where our conditioning is not as good anymore Mm -hmm. and people get caught in that route and you never want your conditioning to be super low. Yeah. You know, just because of life in general, or does that affect your performance on a high end? It affects your performance. Okay. You know, so I'm constantly flipping, you know, because you want to keep your speed up. Right with what you're doing in particular movements. And this has a lot to do with just powerlifting. Okay. And this is the power side of things, the powerlifting side of things. Right. Bodybuilding, you know, if I'm going for a particular look, yeah, I'm going to do more reps. Right. You know, I'm going to really contract the muscle. I'm going to try to get blood inside the muscle and make it feel good. And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Get that, what I like to say, the pump that everyone calls it, you know, you're feeling good, you know, and the muscles are feeling good. And yeah, so that's that's different, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I still think there's nothing more better than, pressing a heavy weight than compared to what it's called a pump mm-hmm. it's just monumental when it comes it's an outer body experience i like to say yeah <clears throat> just because you've hit a big goal or what is it about it the hitting that big weight that really does it for you you know it's like when you go underneath a certain weight you especially a pr you don't think you can do it but you have to tell yourself that i have to do it mm-hmm you know, I like to say, you know, I, I put like, oh, I told people you have to, you have to put something in your mind to be able to get you through mm-hmm. that weight, um, that amount of power, you know, to get you through that. Um, so someone told me a long, long time ago is, you know, we as humans and we're asked to perform, are we performing at a hundred percent? Right. Probably not. No, probably not at all. We're probably performing at what? 70, 75%, maybe 80. Mm-hmm. So what gets us to a hundred percent? What is it? What is it that gets us on that next level, you know, to 100%? Because that's where you start to see a threshold. Mm -hmm. And can we even go beyond that 100%? You know what I mean? So you have to go there a little bit differently. So you have to do something that, right? Whereas, you know, for example, I got underneath 300 and whatever pounds, 350 pounds yesterday. You know what I mean? Whereas before, 10 years ago, I'm not getting underneath that at all. Right. Um, But just being able to press that and get off of it, it, it just hits the body little bit differently there's just some kind of it's like a um I, it's hard to explain yeah it is very hard to explain um but and i think the um reaction out of it too mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of reaction there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. but i like to say I, I do better underneath pressure okay in the gym right i do better underneath it hmm. for sure yeah did you learn 
how to get to that next level? You said you, you know, again, you you don't perform at the hundred percent. Did you learn any learn anything that helped you get to there, or or is that just something that you thought about and then you just realized, hey, I can always push harder than I'm currently pushing? Um, so what I naturally thought of was what. So I I started diving into because there's a psychology component to this a lot. Oh, I'm sure. There's just and it's, it falls underneath what's called sports psychology. Um, and there's many classes in this and very beneficial, you know, sports psychology sector of it. Um, where you have to, you know, envision something. You have to be able to get to that 100% threshold. And it's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, do I always reach it? No. Right. Um, when you do reach it, when you get done, you know, sometimes you're like, you're spaced out from it. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I can't believe that actually happened, you know? Yeah. Um, when the 405, when I did that, you know, I wasn't anticipating that all that day. Right. It was just happening, you know? And I have the video from when I did it. And I remember when I racked it after I got it, the guys, as I sat up and I was like, I was looking around like, no way, you know, like that just happened. Like, wow. And they're jumping around (laughs) screaming, (laughs) looking at me. And I'm like, but their reactions, like, they're like, no way. That's so cool. And I'm like, I can't believe that. You know, then the celebration of it, you know? Yeah. Cause it's everything you worked for. Right. You know, I had a goal, I had a number in mind and I worked for it. Yeah. And you, it kind of gets a little emotional too because, you know, you, all that sweat, tears, time put into it because, once again, time is, on, you know, you can't put a price on it right? at all. And I put a lot of time into it. Yeah. A lot of time, a lot of part of my day. But it, it's good though. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's definitely something good to put time into. Yeah. You know, it keeps me feeling good, keeping me healthy for right. sure. <clears throat> so, but you, you don't necessarily have a, a specific thing like, hey, think about this or do this to push to that next level. More it's just you realize it's there and try to find it. Yeah. I, I, I have a set plan for the day. Okay. Generally what I want to accomplish, but who knows what can happen. Things can change. It's how we react to the stimulus that's put upon us. Yeah. Right. At that particular time. Right. You know, I can go on thinking, but see, like, it's just like when you go underneath the, like, when I want to go underneath the bar and someone says, what's, how many reps are you going for? I look at them and I say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why am I putting a cap on it? I'm telling myself I can only do so much. Sure. You know? So, I, and they look at me and they're like, what the heck? Why would you say that? I said, no. You know, I might, I might say I can get eight and I might only do two. Right. Cause it's just not feeling right. Mm-hmm. Or I could do 20. Right. Who knows? Who knows? So I, I I never put a number. Okay. You know, but once again, that goes to who's the spotter too. You know, because they have to. You know, the person that's spotting you is a big person. Yeah. You know, can they push the gun? If, can you do it safely? Mm-hmm. That's another thing too. Yeah, they have a lot of influence just in their how they're communicating with you and and pushing you to go to that next level too. Or a- yeah, yeah. I always say you know give credit to people that are good spotters. Yeah. Because they see it from um, a different angle than you do. Okay. And that's why whenever I have somebody spotting for me, I said, how how does it look? Did it look good? Right. Or was there a little bit shakiness? Because I'm down there. I don't know how it's looking. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just looking at like a bench press. Now a squat, same thing. Mm -hmm. Bench or a deadlift, same thing. You know, how did it look? Did it look shaky? Was my, was something breaking? Like, did it not look good? Because you want to eliminate the injury. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. And that's what gets people out of this game. Right. Is the injuries. Yeah. You know, the injuries just get to be monumental and they, you know, rotator cuffs, example for guys. A lot of guys get rotator cuff injuries. Sh- I, you ask majority of guys probably in their forties, they say their shoulders hurt, mm-hmm. you know, their shoulders, we got a dinged up shoulder, right? You know, the rotator cuffs go, yeah. um, back start hurting, 
you know, um, just little things you got to try to prevent. Right. You know, <clears throat> but also I could see, and I'm sure you would agree the spotter you're, you did that last rep. You're thinking, okay, I don't think I've got another one, but that spotter sees, Hey, you've got one more and they're going to push you to do it. And you're like, Hey, this guy thinks I can do one more. And yeah. that's the difference. And yeah. And you go into that next level probably. Yeah. Yeah. Spotters, you know, I always say are leaders too. Yeah. They have a, a essential component. Right. You know, um, there's nothing worse than one that's just like, uh, yeah. blah. Yeah. You know, I've taken some videos with certain spotters and I'm like, if I would have slipped or if I would have did something wrong. Yeah. That's that's it. Right. They weren't there at all. Right. I don't ever have them do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the and that's another thing I'm looking for too. Mm-hmm. Is people that are engaged with it, you know? Right. Versus yeah, feeling like they're doing it out of obligation in their minds elsewhere and yep. whatever. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So you to get to that 500 pound benchmark, what would that take? <sighs> Probably another. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I. I'm going to say another six, seven years of dedication. Okay. You know, it's it definitely, you know, um, I would say in my thirties, mm-hmm. it's going to be probably 32, 33. That's probably going to be, I'm hopefully in that range. Okay. You know, um, just because it's extreme, you know right. what I mean? And it, it's, it's going to take a lot of time and, you know, right now I have time. Yeah. I have time. I, you know, um, but it's going to take a lot more dedication, a lot more numbers. It's going to be surrounding myself with the right people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be doing failures and having to be okay with failures sure. and, and moving forward, right. not getting down upon myself when something goes wrong. It's a lot of rehab. You're like, you know, going for massages, uh, taking ice baths, um, healing up, drinking your protein shakes, being determined. And mm-hmm. I like to say being strict. Sure. You have to be strict on yourself. Um, that's why they say it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of stuff that goes into it. Right. You know, yeah. and you're always complaining about how sore you are, but that's the truth. Right. You are. You're sore all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're hurting. Right. You know, but when you're in there, you're you're fine because you're warmed up. You feel good. Yeah. You know, but you're sore majority of the time. So I'm looking forward to down the road one day saying maybe I'm not so sore. And when I take them rest days, I appreciate them very much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about it of you pushing that for for that 500 mark, and I really, I really hope you do. Um, I think in hindsight, you look back and think that the magic was in the journey, right? That's the cliche, but it's true, right? Yeah. Uh, hitting the 500 might be even anticlimactic. Like it'll be neat for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're like, wait, now what? You know? Yeah. Then that's what everybody tells me. Like, how are you going to stop? Yeah. And I just, you know, that's why I'm establishing it now. Sure. That's why I'm doing it now. Right. You know, I just, that's my number and, you know, I, I'm, that's what I'm going by. Yeah. And I'm a big person about, wor- you know, your word and right. everything like that. So that's what I'm going with and that's what I tell people. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you look at a lot of different people and the injuries come after that. Mm-hmm. Substantially, even start earlier. Right. Depending upon, you know, but I think pushing it after that, definitely. And that's just in one exercise. Though. Sure. You know, that's just in one exercise. Right. So. Not like you're going to stop working out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but maybe worth having an accountability partner to say, Hey, when this happens, you make sure that I don't uh, go too far. Yeah. It's very hard too to find people with that same mindset as you, yeah. especially like right now. Right. It's very hard. I've only found about two people in my life that I've had that same kind of mindset. Yeah. You know, um, that are willing to go the little extra. Right. Continuously. Right. You know, um, it's tough 
because it's easier to not to. Right. You know, it's easier to sit back and relax. Yeah. Take the night off because you feel sore. Right. You know, those are for the days that you might be doing some kind of like rehab on your shoulder or something, or you got to go get a massage or something. Those are the type of days that you relax on, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you know, you, you have to. Right. But not just because you, you know, you just don't want to. Yeah. Do you get a lot of motivation externally or like from different other guys that are into powerlifting, uh, other different motivational things, or do you find that you're just always motivated no matter what? Um, other, you know, other people that I'm around, um, definitely we you know we've had a click like a couple groups guys of us we know we're always and these are guys from different parts of the area Mm -hmm. upper michigan here you know guys from marquette you know that's absolutely another thing you know um wisconsin way sure you know um there's there's different ones you know and we know each other you know what i mean we we know that you're from a different area you know you you go for populations that there's way more people Mm -hmm. when there's way more people like we have such a small population up here you know what I mean? If we, there might be, you know, you look at population, like for me, you know, what I'm doing, you know, you go into like Marquette, you might have way more guys doing it. You know what I mean? And you go right. into like downtown Chicago, you have a lot more people. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. one of them things. So, and you know, there was a number that was thrown out here and I researched a long, long time ago, like how many people can do 300 pounds. Yeah. And it was one out of a hundred huh. just in the world. And, you know, and then when you go to 400, and you're looking at you're going in thousands, yeah. And then five hundreds and the you know hundreds, thousands. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, it, but it changes. It changes from year to year. Sure. Especially with the populations and everything like that, and who's actually pulling them numbers? Because mm-hmm. that's hard to determine. Right. You know. But like, you know, the world record raw right now. There's been more people or less people to bench press seven hundred pounds than there has been on the moon. Hmm. You know. So that's something to say. You know, right. if you get to do that, you know, I'm not saying I'm doing that, but. You know, them guys that are at that level, like, <laughs> that's a heck of a feat, you know? Unbelievable, yeah. You know, and yeah. just the what they're doing and how they live their life, you know? Yeah. And they do a lot of, you know, influential. A lot of people are like, how do you even <laughs> do that? But I'm the same type of person. I watch from them. Right. I, I see what they're doing, you know? I'm I'm looking on social media. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of thing can I pick up from them? Right. You know, yeah. is there a certain exercise that I'm missing? Yeah. You know? This is something you're engaged in with uh, quite a bit, right? I'm, I mean, oh, yeah. reading, watching, doing, thinking. It's continuous. Yeah. It's continuous. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's neat. Uh, same thing with, again, anything I get into. I, I say it right now, it's mule deer hunting. Uh, every single day, I'm engaged in it. Yeah. I get to do it once a week per year. but So that, there's a there's a potential downfall. But anyways... Um, that's part of what this is, is like, why are you that way? Cause not many people, it can be a common thing, but also you are unique in the way that every single night, that's what you're thinking about. That's what you're working on. You're, you're, you're eating this way because of how it'll impact your, yep. your, your future, this, but there's probably not an element or a, a, a layer of discussion I could bring up that you haven't thought about and, and gone to the next 10 degrees beyond that in that world, I'm guessing. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, th- and this goes exactly with this podcast, you know, obsessed. Yeah. Right. I'm obsessed with weightlifting. Yeah. I am. I am hundred percent obsessed with it. Um, and I have been for many years, Yeah, you know, and I've watched the evolution of it and it, it goes not even just for powerlifting, um, strong man, mm-hmm. um, arm wrestling. Right. You know, why, why do these guys got the big, it's all little aspects of it. You know what I mean? Why do these guys got the biggest arms in the world? You know, yeah. um, you know, overhead presses, um, anything that has to do with strength sports. Yeah. 
I just, I particularly pertain to. And honestly, it started actually, if I, if I could dial back a little bit here, it probably yeah. started at a young age. Okay. Cause I, I remember I loved shows that had showed, I loved like watching stuff that showed strength. Okay. Like wrestling. Right. UFC. I liked watching that kind of stuff. You know, I, I always looked at it and I was like, well, how are, you know, why did, how can they look like that? They look different. You know what I mean? And it, you even look at like the evolution of an action figure. Mm-hmm. You know, an action figure from 1970s, just a basic person. Look at an action figure today. They have a six pack. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So has the perception of what a human is supposed to look like changed in the eyes of many? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but why is that changed? Why does GI Joe have a six pack now? You know, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, 50 years ago, it didn't. Right. Yeah. So that's a huge thing. Yeah. You've always been interested in strength at a really young age. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know why? Um, I think it, you know, gener- genetics plays a toll. Like, um, um, I have family that's in Finland. Okay. Um, I believe cousin, cousin, second cousin, he's a powerlifter. Huh. Has won multiple, he's competed, won uh, many different trophies. I yet to come up there and visit him. Um, but I just have him on Facebook there. And um, he has very similar interests as me. Um, my cousin, mom's side, he was big into it too for a long time. Huh. Um, uncles, you big into it. Um, my grandfather loved the boxing just like boxing magazines and stuff like that. So it's all, I think it really comes from the mom side. Okay. Uh, really a lot of it. Um, you know, but there's always been that aspect of being strong on both sides though too. Right. Yeah, for sure. Huh. So almost like there was, uh, I wonder if there was emphasis put on that just culturally in your circle at a young age. So you realize there's value in being strong and that's where the interest came from. Yeah, I think I do put a value on it. I, you know, it's you can't put a dollar on it. Yeah, but there's value in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what value? It's hard to determine. Yeah, you know, it's hard to determine. It's what you, I couldn't particularly say what the value of it is. Mm-hmm. Um, just know that I I appreciate it. Yeah. I have a sense of respect for it. Yeah, for sure. But you said, <clears throat> and I I feel like this is t- true. You said that you weightlifting, powerlifting, power building has changed you internally and it helps you in your professional world from a work ethic standpoint, from a confidence standpoint. Um, so I was talking to Ross Kinnan about basketball and he was saying, I don't know if basketball has affected his life. That's what he was saying. And I said, I bet you it has. I think it changes and shapes who you are as a person, where you're going and how you carry yourself and how that manifests itself into you becoming a professor or him in the professional world or whatever it is. That I think there's a value there that, you can't put a dollar amount on, but without it, you would be in a different place today. Absolutely. You know, it, it carries over into my career. It absolutely does. And believe it or not, me and my students talk about it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Right. You know, I, I, I can share stories about it with them too. Yeah. And they're like, no way, that's so cool. And, you know, they tell me, they relate to me about what they're doing. It's kind of, it's kind of something we can relate to. Yeah. You know, because a lot of them guys, especially at Finlandia, a lot of them play sports. Right. So they lift weights, you know, and they're always trying to get a little bit better. And we talk about it and. You know, I love having a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they tell me what numbers they're doing and I'm doing mine. And that's another thing. I never tell people I don't don't get caught up in the numbers. Mm-hmm. That's too A lot of people get caught up in them. 
And I'm like, it's just your own personal success, what you're doing. Right. I said, it'll come with time. Yeah. Just, you, you could be the lowest person doing the lowest amount of weight. It just takes time. Yeah. You know? Is there benefit in getting caught up in the numbers, but just looking at yourself? You get caught up in the numbers and you get injured, I say. Okay. Even just looking at yourself, eh? Yeah. You, okay. get, you, you know, because what ends up happening is there, there's this narcissistic side that takes over. Sure. You know, and it happens to a lot of people. Right. You know, you end up, you know, you're looking at each other and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're mm-hmm. you know, looking at it at this angle and you end up getting to turn narcissistic. A lot of people do. Sure. And I've never been that way. Right. You know what I mean? It's just my own goals. You know what I mean? It's just something I'm trying to do a little bit better and somebody beats me. Okay. You know, right. maybe I could train a little bit harder. Yeah. If I'm beating somebody, I'm not going to rub that in their face. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, why, why would I, you know? Right. Or I guess more so, I'm again just saying, hey, who cares if you're at this compared to this guy, but you started here a year from now, you're at here. You know what I mean? Just looking at your own internal numbers. But even that could lead you down a, a road you don't necessarily want to go on, you think? Yeah, it, it could. It definitely could. You know, the numbers can take a toll on you. Okay. You know, you think you can keep pushing the boundaries. Sure. And pushing the boundaries and eventually something tears, mm-hmm. something snaps, you know, or just something goes wrong. It, it ha- that's what happens. That's why people go out of the game. That's why there's a turnover in it. Right. You know, um, I was talking about rotator cuffs and shoulder injuries. That's what happens to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and then what ends up happening is you start talking about what you used to be able to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's a hard thing. You know, um, there's a guy I watch very particular. His name is Matt Wenning. He, he does his uh, podcast and uh, I listen to him. He's, he, was, he was a West Side barbell, you know, and now he owns his own company and, you know, he's 42 years old, but he's still benching 500 pounds. Hmm. You know, he's 42 years old. That's pretty impressive at 500, you know, 500 pounds at 42 years old. And he, that's his goal is longevity uh-huh. in the sport. That's what he prides himself on. Yeah. He's done 600 before, but he's just trying to say, Hey, I'm in it for the long run. Right. You know, and that's what I always tell myself too. Yeah. No, I'm in it for the long run. Cause the long run is your goal. Mm-hmm. You know, short time, only short results, right. long time, long results. Yeah. Sure. So you're doing things like making sure your movements are in the right range of motion, uh, making sure that you're warmed up, making sure that you cool down, making sure that you have the rest day when you need it, stuff like that. Is that all tie into the longevity side or what? Yeah. Yeah. And do I get it a hundred percent right all the time? No. Yeah. I don't, I'm not perfect. I never tell anybody that I'm perfect because yeah, there's times I make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I should have done a little bit more reps, you know, I should have warmed up a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know, should have stretched out a little bit better. Right. You know, but you live and you learn. Yeah. You know, you live and you learn and you try your absolute best. Right. Um, but, you know, the simple things is taking care of yourself, eating the right foods, um, eating when you're hungry. You mm-hmm. know, that's another thing too. I, you know, having something to eat before I even go work out. I used to be on the go constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in college, you're not eating when you can, you know, when you have a little bit of time mm-hmm. to get away from your studies. So I would never eat before. Well, my workouts weren't as good. Yeah. Now I have some carbs before I work out. Oh, it's a lot better. Yeah. You know, love pasta day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about any any advice, recommendations for somebody else? Would you advise going down the path that you're going down? Uh, I guess, yeah. Advice and would you advise it? Advice. Don't do what everybody else is doing. That's number one. Get your get you a coach. 
get a good coach. Okay. Invest in a coach. Right. You have to do research, and it's tough as a young person to be able to research and have the resources to be able to pay for a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we generally just take what somebody's willing to give us. You know, I was blessed enough to have good coaches that knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I was. That's that's you know my uncle too, very blessed. You know, taught me right ways on how to do stuff. You know, invest into that. That's huge, especially if you're somebody young and you're wanting to get into it. Because mm-hmm. you will be able to bl- blow past your numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Um, right. Ex- extensionally. So, coaches here, huge. Um, don't do what everybody else is doing. Um, take your time with it. Take your time, meaning be patient. Mm-hmm. Patience is key. You have to be patient. Don't get frustrated too much. I got frustrated. You know, you, fr- you get frustrated, just stop. Would I advise somebody else to go down it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It is for people. Um, people don't think it's for them. They don't. Then they get into it and they're like, oh, you know what? It is for me. Mm-hmm. It just takes that extra push. Generally, why people get into this is because they have somebody that was a coach mentor that really pushed them into it. Hmm. You know, they, they really it really drove them. Right. Um, even beyond the point that maybe they didn't like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was times where I wanted to quit. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, it was too hard. Right. You know? It was tough. You know, I broke down and with it. You know, I was oh, miserable. You know, I'm sore. I'm just frustrated, and I, you know, but I still keep coming back. Yeah. I keep coming back. Let's go and do it. Let's mm-hmm. get you somebody. Let's keep going. Let's do a little bit more. Right. Yeah. So for sure. So you would advise it, but you did hint at the fact of don't. How do you say it? Well, I guess you can always try it, but almost like, yes, I advise it, but you're in for a struggle. You are. Yeah. You are. You are in for a struggle. You, this, I guess I, I would advise it if you're somebody that the work ethic's got to be there. Yeah. You know, that's why I take people when I train them. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, if they're going to train with me, you have to have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a work ethic, you know, you show up once or twice and then you, you're, you know, you're hit and miss. I try calling. We try calling, messaging, and you don't, you know, you mm. miss a one or two workouts. Nah, sorry. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. You can do it whenever you want. I'm not thinking anything bad about you or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just, I got to have a strict, you know, format of how I'm doing it. For sure. Yeah. But I but I respect it. It's different for everybody else. Right. Everybody, everybody else gets stronger differently. Yeah. For sure. There's no clear cut <clears throat> method. Right. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, any, any, uh, amount of work is beneficial right but you're just saying i'm on this level either stick with me or not kind of yep. thing yeah yep. right yeah so yep. there's nothing against that person that doesn't like it or engage it as much as you do but for you to be engaged with them they need to be on a similar level of of commitment yeah yeah and it's mm-hmm. tough it's tough to find somebody on that same level of commitment yeah very sure. hard so uh, i want to close it out and then you can if you want to throw anything else in but i'm curious you mentioned about getting a coach have you or will, would you ever get into the coaching side of things, help other people get to where you've gotten to? Yeah, so currently I actually volunteer my time up at Calumet. Okay. In track season, shot put in discus. Yeah. Um, What I've done is it's helped, you know, I volunteer my time, but I, so what we do is, you know, um, we throw, we do the implements, but what we do is if you want to go weightlifting afterwards, we go weightlift. Mm-hmm. And I have a group of kids. Um, I, I had ones previous in the past. I have a couple now. Um, that I've had, you know, and we've worked out and, you know, I get new ones 
as the years go on, kids graduate, you know, some of us stay, you know, and, but we form a clan, we're a group of friends, mm-hmm. you know, we start off people that were working out and then we become friends and, um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely, I like the coaching aspect of it. I don't like to do it for a reward. Okay. And does that make sense? I don't like to like charge people for it. Sure. I don't like it. I, I, I just, I, I hate taking money from somebody that's trying to be beneficial and trying to benefit their life. Okay. So I don't, I don't have any, and you know, I don't take, I don't ask for anything for it. Right. Some people say that it could be dumb of me to do. Yeah. But it's, that's why I didn't get into it. Right. You know what I mean? I just, I want to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. And I love the underdog. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. How come you love the underdog? I love the underdog because maybe they don't have the resources and everything accessible to them. Right. And I was the underdog. I was going to say, yeah. Did you feel like you were the underdog? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the underdog a little bit. You know? Yeah. But now I'm out and I'm doing something different than I didn't do in high school. Right. I say that nothing to do with you versus another person's situation, but I've thought about that. Like, you know, the feeling of like, there's like a Calumet pride type of thing where it's like that. I mean, thinking of back to Calumet high school and I've, again, I've long since removed myself from like what school is better than another, whatever else. But there does feel like there's an element of like, I'm a blue collar underdog and that that's where that pride comes from. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. That, you know, that they ingrained a good culture into me. Yeah. You know, I think the work ethic comes from that school. Right. You know, and that's, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, they play against the teams and they're like, man, Calum, it's tough. It's yeah. like, oh yeah. Right. We're grinding. Right. We're grinders. We're, we're, we're definitely grinders. Right. We know how to work and, you know, that goes on with John Crows. Yeah. You know, and I still think he was the best football coach. <laughs> you know, he's definitely. Right. He's the man. Yeah. He knew his stuff. That's yeah. for sure. He created quite a legacy. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, uh, really a culture that's yeah, neat to see other people can continue that for sure. But the the underdog, hey, you you appreciate the underdog. I appreciate the underdog. Yeah. I definitely say I was the underdog to some extent. And, you know, I had to work. You know, I had to work. Yeah. You know, and now I'm doing something that, you know, maybe there was people that could beat me when I was in high school with it. Mm-hmm. But now things have changed a little bit. Sure. <clears throat> the only... The only thing I'm thinking about with the coaching, you said you don't like to take people's money, is I think if you did ever get to the point where you said, hey, I really want to focus in on this, I really want to help people, that having a fee creates that barrier of entry where you've only got people who are serious. Whereas if you're free, you can get people that are less committed. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um, you, the fee, you, you, it does create the barrier of people that are less interested, or, or, that are more interested, that'll be committed to it. Right. Um. I've come to realize though that not everybody has the resources, sure, the money to be able to do it. Um, looking at it from a, if I'm going to go back to business, we live in an economically depressed area. Mm-hmm. That's that's just it. It's this area. I mean, you know, people. You know, we. You know, you make fifty grand a year and you survive. You know, mm-hmm. but, but people don't have the extra funds to be able to spend it on that kind of stuff. Right. You know, they want to put food on their table. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. live life. And that's, that's, they're happy with that. Right. You know, um, you know, sports and, you know, hopefully, you know, like colleges, you know, sometimes college isn't even an option for students or mm-hmm. certain kids. And, you know, for weightlifting, it can be because it, you can apply it to a particular sport. Sure. And that could get you to college. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do think like I, I'm a big believer in sports. Right. 
um, I think sports are a great avenue to college. You know what I mean? And not necessarily at the Division One and Division Two level. Mm-hmm. Even at the Division Three level. Right. You know what I mean? I think it sets you up perfectly. You know? Um, you know, when there's not a scholarship available, people tend to stay away from it. You know, I don't understand why. Yeah. You know, I really, I really don't. If you, you're truly passionate for the game, you know, you played it when you were in high school and you weren't getting any money out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, why now? Right. What has changed? You know what I mean? There's been some phenomenal athletes in the Division Three's levels. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, I, I you know, it's an avenue for kids. You sure. Know? And, you know, you get them on campus. It's a good structure. You know, I don't think anybody would say anything negative about going to college. No. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits that you felt and you've seen other people feel through the, the weightlifting and, and, and I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely, it, it, it creates a confidence booster for people. Yeah. You know, a confidence booster. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I like to say athletes that don't think they're particular, they, that they should be better, mm-hmm. but all they need to do is train a little bit more. Right. And not doing that particular sport, just getting a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. putting on a little bit more weight, you know, and weightlifting is that, that, that avenue for sure. Know? And, you know, majority of us play a sport, you know, and this isn't in weightlifting is not just for people that play sports though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I played it in high school and I went to college. I didn't play sports at all. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, I focused on my studies a lot, you know, but I, w- I wouldn't say I was truly passionate for the game. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate for the game from uh, i would say a coaching side okay playing it i wasn't as much right you know what i mean yeah. um i just didn't love it as much you know what i mean and i think like like i was talking about you got to love it right and i can say i love weightlifting yeah and i love powerlifting but i you know i didn't love the sports that i was playing 100 percent. yeah for sure yeah but it's definitely beneficial and you know i think any kid should or any person that you know is scared to try it there's many barriers to going into a gym Mm-hmm. People are worried about how you're going to look. I'm going to look stupid. I don't know how to use the machines. Right. You know, half. The, I, I I actually say everyone says half the battle. I say seventy percent of the battle is just showing up. Yeah. Most people don't show up. Right. You know, it can make a difference. You, people don't really see the benefits of it until they actually start doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know they do it when they're younger, and then as they get older, it kind of fades out because you don't have time for it. Yeah. That's another thing. I just don't have time to go. You know. And I, I, so I ask, you know, a lot of people when they say they don't have time, I said, so you don't have 30 minutes in your day or 15 minutes, right? you know, I, you know, 15 minute break at lunch mm-hmm. or when you get a 15 minute break during the day, you know, um, you can do a high intent. If you're not even in the powerlifting sector or you want to lift weights, you can do a high uh, intensity workout, mm-hmm. you know, just basic stuff. Or you could buy a punching bag and, and just little things keep you active walk on a treadmill for 15 minutes you know mm-hmm. just little things it doesn't have to be geared towards you know looking good and looking powerful and all that right, right. you know there's just benefit to it yeah absolutely yeah it's good stuff nate thanks for coming in i really appreciate it thank you logan i appreciate your time yeah hey guys thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.